In this week's episode, I'm talking to Vanessa Rath from IS Partners in South Africa about how she got into sourcing, sourcing for diversity, and what to consider when sourcing in South Africa. Welcome to episode 20 of the Sourcing Challenge Show. I'm your host, Mark Longren. This week's episode is brought to you by Amazing Hiring. Amazing Hiring is a search engine for technical talent. With their help, you can more easily find developers, data scientists, QA engineers, and other specialists among 20 million tech candidates. Make a search query using Boolean operators, include all the necessary requirements, and get the most relevant results. You can add additional conditions to the query, like current title. Here's a look at the output of our test search. Or you can dive into the pre-selected talent pools. In this case, we're searching for Python developers. You can use filters to narrow down the search output. For example, see only hidden stars who either don't have a LinkedIn account or don't share the information about their skill set on LinkedIn. In the full candidate profile, you'll see contact details, social profile links, achievements, the technical stack, experience and education. You can email a candidate directly from the search output or pre-select candidates to your pipeline folders. You can download candidates' emails from your pipeline folders in one easy click as a CSV file to use for personalized sequences. Amazing Hiring's free Chrome extension will assist you while you're sourcing on social sites. All of the benefits that Amazing Hiring are offering can be used for sourcing global. Join more than a thousand other sources and recruiters from over 20 countries. We have a special offer for the Sourcing Challenge Show audience. Get your extended two-week trial by using the promo code SourcingChallenge at the requested demo on AmazingHiring.com. I started off the show by asking Vanessa how she got into sourcing. Oh, Mark, how long do you have? Okay, well, let me, let me explain to you like kind of where it started out. So straight out of school, I went and I studied for four years and I became a teacher. And it was amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. It was like middle level, senior primary, what we call here. Straight after I got my degree, I shot over to the States and I used my degree to operate a chairlift in Vail, Colorado. So I did that for, for a season and then traveled around and then ended up in the UK. So a lot of South Africans my age all went to the UK. At that stage, we could get a two-year work visa. I was lucky enough to have English grandparents. So I got four years and then I taught happily in the UK for eight years. Then um, I lived in, 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 the, in London, I lived in Wimbledon, loved it, really, really enjoyed it. Taught at a school in Southfield, still really missed the guys and yeah, made some really good friends. Then what happened was I got my British passport because I'd been there for so long and I thought, you know, you've got to make a decision in life. You've got to kind of, you know, are you, are you South African or are you South African living in London or are you, are you English and you're just going back to visit South Africa on holiday? And I thought actually South Africa is where I want to be eventually. And uh, I'm missing the family, very family orientated person. But I decided to take the long way home. So then I traveled for two years in order to get home. So I started off in Thailand where I decided to have a scheduled an early midlife crisis and I trained as a scuba diving instructor. Yeah. So there we go. So I'm a paddy scuba diving instructor and um, I worked in the, in the industry for a while, got to travel around a lot of Southeast Asia and then ended up in um, Pemba Island, which is an island north of Zanzibar, and carried on working through Africa, through Kenya and Tanzania, and then eventually I made it home. So 
my roles then had been working as a teacher for eight years and then working with people in the dive industry. And I got back and I figured, you know, I'm going to live in Johannesburg because that's where my parents are and family and all of that. So there's no sea here. It's point just carrying on with the diving for now. Um, and teaching doesn't really pay well in South Africa. Mm. So I ended up at a recruitment agency uh, via my cousin, who was also a teacher and was now working in recruitment. And they said, hey, you've got a good personality. Have you ever thought about trying out recruitment? And I was like, hell no, I don't even know what that is. And funnily enough, I'd had dreadlocks while I was traveling. So I'd had to cut my hair really short. So it was about this long. I went for my first interview. I remember having to borrow clothes from my mother's wardrobe to actually go for the interview because I didn't have any decent clothes. And I kind of just fell into the recruitment vibe. I actually started off at a company called PAG, which is part of the Kelly Group here in South Africa, which has since been sold and bought several times. And Worked there for two years. I was an agency recruiter, really enjoyed it, worked with a really strong team. And then out of the blue, I was headhunted one day to where I am now, and I've been here for nine years. So oh, wow. my journey here for nine years has also been really exciting. So for the last nine years, I've been working as a technical recruiter, um, specializing in the IT space, and then specializing even further in the Microsoft application space. And we have I've been through different roles of running an IT agency, um, which is which wasn't really um, successful. I don't think that we we really tackled the South African market as well as we should have because we we should have stayed niche in the IT space. Decided to go general. I don't think it was the best move. Mm. Um, and now I've kind of gone in house. So now I'm sitting at a group level and I do all of the in house recruitment pretty much as I have done for nine years. So. Steady growth. I mean, we're growing six to seven people a month, and yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's always Microsoft's always changing. It's now all heading towards 365 and the cloud and Azure and all of those kind of fun things. So, you know, trying to keep up to date with industry trends, and yeah, that's pretty much what my, my, my journey into the into the space. So I'm still actually a full stack recruiter, but. A reason why I headed over to SourceCon because I realized that recruitment's actually heading down the sourcing line, and it's definitely what I'm more interested in. The, the recruitment admin side is not really my idea of fun. What's the market in South Africa like? You know, we've got, we've got a lot of complications around the South African recruitment model. We really and truly have. I mean, you guys think you've got a small fishing pond when it comes to going to find talent. You, you have no idea. I have no sympathy for you guys who can recruit your candidates from the whole of Europe, where we can only recruit from South Africa. I mean, I mean we see a lot of candidates candidates coming from Zimbabwe um, especially and they really are good candidates but it's really difficult for them to work here I mean mm. our South African home affairs we need visas and we need letters from the company and you know it really is quite difficult so we, we're essentially looking for a South African market and then we're also fighting because we've experienced this massive brain drain over the last 20 years where a lot of South Africans have left the country due to the political instability the political climate and that really hasn't helped things either because all of the people who were educated and could get into the Australias and New Zealands and, and Canada or wherever have all left the country. So it really, it truly is quite difficult. Um, at the moment, you know, we're also having issues from a, from a client perspective because everyone's trying to achieve what's called a BE status. And that is that every business is given a level mm -hmm. and your business level is better if it's a level one. But if you're a level one, it's pretty much that you need to be a 50% black female owned business and then it drops. And you know, it's difficult because everyone's trying to fit in and, and match their BE requirements. So I actually said this a couple of times at SourceCon and people nearly fell off their chairs that we'll often go to an external client and we'll take an order and they'll say, right, I need a CIO and explain exactly what they want. I want them coming from Microsoft technologies and so on and so forth. And then they literally will turn around and say, and I only want to see black females for this role. 
don't worry about sending any other CVs, which is a whole another slant to, you know, trying to find the scarce skills when, you, when you're dealing with a sector of the population, uh, which didn't have the same, um, should I say, the, the, the same benefits that other sectors of the population had. And it's, it really is quite difficult. So I think that in South Africa, we are more heavily challenged than what we actually give ourselves credit for. No, yeah, you have a whole lot of diversity challenge. It's it's not oh, diversity like, is, like is, we want we want more females. Like well, one, it needs yeah. to be more black in IT, and then two, yeah, black females is is yeah. is truly the unicorns that you have to find. And then with the, absolutely, and if it's a black female, if it's a black female in a wheelchair, then even better. You know what I mean? It's it really is that kind of a level and and status thing which we're dealing with. And I'm not saying that we can't find these people or they don't exist. But they are difficult, and it's also unfair to those people in our population because they're just getting headhunted out of roles left, right, and centre. So they're not able to consolidate their skills or, or really to to make an impact where they currently are because they're constantly being harassed by our recruiters. You know, so it's it's not really an ideal situation. So. Luckily for me, for the last nine years, we have fallen under a bit of um, scarce skills and we've been managed to hire the best person for the job. And that's why it's been nice being here for an in-house kind of role. But I know externally, agency recruiters do, do struggle with those kind of things. But it is getting better. We really do have a, have a lot more candidates that are, have now come through university and private schooling and who are adding great value. For you, with sourcing as well, where did you look to? Who did you learn from? Well, well that's the thing. I mean, with, with, with SOSU Africa coming out in September will be the first conference that we have about sourcing in Africa ever. So that's why like, when I got to, you know, me arriving at SourceCon in Budapest, I actually felt like I knew everyone because I had stalked everyone so much on Twitter. And every time I knew that there was a sourcing conference on, I literally would sit up and just follow the hashtag. I really and truly would because that, that was the way that I learned. Um, so I really knew some of the tools, but I really, from SourceCon in, in Budapest, I was blown away by all of the tools that are out there. I mean, it really is, I had no idea that, I mean, I'm still going through my list of, of what I wrote down of tools that I must research, and I don't know if I'll ever get to the end of it. But um, yeah, it, it really is just incredible. So there was really no one to learn from. Um, so it was very much looking at overseas conferences and, you know, subscribing to the SourceCon blog and things like that, that I just, just have to be self-taught. What's the kind of things that, that you figured out does not work in, in South Africa? What What's things that you have to do differently, even like from tools perspective or, or from a process perspective? Well, it's actually it's actually quite interesting because I met up with the lovely Anna on a, um, on a conference call this week as well, I think it was on Monday, to chat to me about Amazing Hire and their tool. And you know, I chatted to them at SourceCon and got a fair idea of what they did. And she said, okay, well, let's, let's have a chat. And she did an online demo. And I said, look, what I'm really battling with at the moment is AngularJS developers in Joburg. So she went on to Amazing Hire and did everything and, you know, what are papa, search, and up came seven candidates. <laughs> and she actually turned around to me and said, I'm actually so embarrassed. I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So, you know, I just think that, you know, that the talent isn't here. So even though we've got these amazing tools and, um, you know, we know how to approach these people and, you know, quote Kachina and be human and, and do all the right things is that the skills are so scarce that sometimes the tools don't even help because the people are not even a around yeah but um since have used amazing hire quite a bit and i must admit that it, it is a fascinating tool that's why i'm saying i'm jealous because i ran the same search in london and i mean i came up with like <laughs> like 250 angular js developers and i just thought no man this is this is not not right you, you sources have it easy over there um so i think that that's that's a big change and you know it's 
even if I go back to our job boards, because I mean, sourcing really isn't that big here, but we have got job boards and um, LinkedIn. And those are the two main ways that South African recruiters are sourcing at the moment. But unfortunately, that's where, you know, 50,000 other sources and recruiters are also looking. So it's, it's, it's not the way forward. But, um, you know, we do, in our adverts, which I have, haven't seen overseas, we do put preference will be given to AA candidates, which is affirmative action candidates on, on our adverts. And we can run searches where we look for people of different race, racial groups on, on our job uh, portals, especially PNET. And we can only do that because it's owned in Germany, you know. So, yeah, so th just those little different nuances for the, the South African market. What other kind of tools have, like, is there any South African homegrown tools that the rest of the world's never heard about, or? No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, we, 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 you know, we have a great rugby team at the moment, but no homegrown uh, sourcing tools. Um, but, uh, you know, I think maybe what we can maybe claim as a bit of a homegrown one is Shane's tool because Shane has spent so much time in South Africa. So I'm going to claim that as a, as a South African tool because I can. Uh, one Intelligence, and, and that's been around for a while, and that's always been the one that I've kind of always known about and, and have been using forever. So it often is my go-to tool, but there are other tools that I've slowly started introducing, um, you know, even before SourceCon, like for Twitter, I use uh, follower wonk. Um, I love the way that there are sites now that build that build your Boolean searches for you, like Recruitum and Source Hub, and you know I use those quite often. And I think that would be it. The ones that I've learned since being at SourceCon is amazing. Hi, I've really enjoyed that, the free version and the paid for version, which I'm trialing at the moment. Um, Glossary Tech, I've really enjoyed. Um, and I must say, it's sitting in your presentation at SourceCon, I really enjoyed the idea of doing the whole uh, setting a video via email. I haven't done it yet. But it's definitely something that I, that I really think is a, is a great idea. I think especially in a market where you don't have the luxury of burning any leads, like you might oh. find seven people and you want to talk to all seven. Like Absolutely. Even if they're not interested right now, you want to be the one that they call when they are looking for something else. Absolutely. Uh, really building that personal connection straight away and yeah. not, not have to be in the clutter of all the other recruiters. I think that's also what, you know, we've got to do over here a lot more is we've really got to get more involved in our community. Mm. So I've presented it like a Microsoft SQL Saturday, a SharePoint Saturday, you know, several times now. And um, I think that that really does help because I do feel that now having 10 years experience as an IT technical recruiter or sourcer, that network is there, like it's grown and that's, and that really is great. But it's also, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one as well because if you do burn a bridge, the community is small. Yeah. And so you have to be super, super careful. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's sourcing, it's recruitment. It's, it's just the way that it goes. It's just on a smaller scale, I think. Talk to me about the South African sourcing community. Obviously, with you getting, uh, getting sourced down there, what's the community look like and, and what's the, the influence has been so far? So let's take a step back from that. So I have a little bit of a side hustle, which I run. It's called uh, Job Advice SA. So mm -hmm. what we do is there's four of us that, that run a chat. We do it every Monday on Twitter from four o'clock until five. It's completely voluntary. We have phenomenal growth. I think we, last week we grew by 1,200 followers on Twitter alone. And that's wow. organic growth. It's not paid for. So, so what we're doing is we're helping young South Africans because unemployment is such a huge issue in South Africa. I mean, we're sitting at 26% at the moment. Wow. So, so we really want to help the youth, you know, just answer simple things, how to put a CV together, why you should add in reasons for leaving, should you add a photo or not, and then how to get an interview, how to, how to look for jobs, uh, you know, how to um, prepare for the interviews is a big one, which people aren't doing. 
So with that, there are there's four of us that run it, and we're the co-hosts. And within the team of four, myself and Wesley are are big into the sourcing side. So we Wesley actually does a little bit of sourcing training um, uh, on the side with his business. Uh, Tim's more into HR tech, mm-hmm. and LZ does more recruitment marketing. Mm-hmm. So I think the four of us pretty much are. Um, are all in some aspects involved in sourcing. We're not the South African sourcing community. But what I did feel and what I felt at SourceCon was that you guys were so good at sharing and you were quite happy to stand on stage and share all of these tools. Well, I think South Africans are a little bit narrow-minded and closed-minded. Like they don't want to go to a conference and talk about all of these wonderful and fascinating tools because it means that people who are their competitors are going to be searching now in a ready-a-scarce talent pool and are then going to steal their candidates. So, so, so yeah, so there's none of this like whole like sharing is caring, which which we um which we need more of. So yes, there needs to be a community that's growing. It's gonna be interesting to see who turns up. As far as I understand, you know, it, it is people who are because sourcing doesn't really exist as a role in South Africa. So it's yeah. more in-house recruiters or or full stack recruiters that I feel are gonna be there. Yeah. But sourcing it's, needs to be a role in South Africa. It's recruiters who source. It's a specialism and it's a it's a part of it should be a part of everybody's job, but a lot of people if they've gotten away with post and pray for their whole career, they're never gonna see anything exactly. else. Exactly. But yeah, with a market like you have, then definitely mm. it's getting in and it's like, yeah, we can all identify, but finding out like who are the right people, how can we mm. do as much research up front so that when we are contacting people, we know that it's the right one. So we're not wasting our time and mm. especially their time. So I think there's been there's been more of a movement towards social recruiting and I think South Africans are trying more to get like their personal brand out there and and to lean more heavily on that. So it's heading in that direction. Like I was also fascinated at SourceCon to learn that sources you know, if you're working as a remote sourcer, get like an hourly rate or a daily rate. It's not linked to whether the candidate is successful or not. And I love that. I really and truly do because you are sourcing the talents and you are, you know, then introducing them to the company. The company then needs to get involved as well and do a great selling job with them and make sure that they go through the process. Um, it's not up to the sourcer to make sure that the, the candidate sounds on the dotted line. They've got them interested, they've sparked their interest, maybe run them through an assessment or two, and then hand it over the candidate. And that for me is, is just awesome. Yeah, it's about doing what we can control. And like I, yeah. technical candidates, I can't control, I can do as much as I want up, up front to see are they technically good, but I'm not technical to actually know. Um, yeah. And whether they're going to pass a coding test or uh, you know a tech assignment, I don't know, so it's going to be up to that. And whether yeah. they sign on a dotted line, I can do everything that we do to make sure we know all the hot buttons to push with them, uh, what yeah. it is that they're looking for, not just salary, but what's the other thing? Is it proximity to where they live? Is it other benefits? Is it whatever it is to get them when they get there that we can offer that? But at the end yeah. of the day, like my work is my work. And, and yeah, I, I love being paid by the work that I do. I'm a consultant in, in, in very much in that sense is that what we do is knowing how and doing it, but yeah. the whole recruitment process, I let the people who enjoy doing that take care of it. My job is to find the right people who are interested in, in coming and joining that process. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent where, you know, sitting here as an in-house full stack recruiter is, you know, you, you're taking it right through to get into sign, make sure that they're starting. Like I realize next week is a new month. So I've been phoning all the new people joining us and, you know, I don't know. I think sourcing is definitely the way forward. I, I really and truly do. And it, it, it's just that thrill of finding that like purple yeah. squirrel. And even like having those conversations and, and like we're the sales up front. We're the ones that really are 
you know, why should you talk to us? Why should you come join us? And, um, yeah. and let me give you tips about, you know, what we're looking for, but also what the interesting things is yeah. from us. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, handing them over to somebody to, do, to run that process was getting them through the interviews. And then if we'd done our job, well, the offer should be quite easy because we have all the details of what we yeah. would need to offer. Um, and if they like the people they've met in the interview process, it should be an opening. And what, what I really enjoyed about, you know, SourceCon was learning how many people like yourself are sourcing consultants. Yeah. And I just think that that's so cool because you can, you know, get a, a 12 month contract, work for different companies and also, you know, learn about different companies while you're there. I mean, cause the sourcing skills stay the same. If you know how to source, I believe that you can then source for anyone. It doesn't really matter. It's about the process. It's about the knowledge yes. of how to, and then, it gives me time as well to, to spend the rest of the week outside of the 40 hours um, to do projects that I think are fun and that I might not make any money from. Um, but it's learning new things. It's, it's talking to people. Yeah. It's advising people without having to, to think about that, whether I work yeah. for them or not. Absolutely. And I, I think that that's great because it's really developed a really fantastic community family like of sources who are willing to help each other. Mm. So for me, yeah, that, that whole discovering this whole network of people that, that were like me and, you know, just willing to help and wanted to find out more about people and talk to people. It was just amazing. It really did blow my mind, which is, which is great. A lot of kind of companies that I know as well might have some kind of operations in South Africa or are looking to get in there. I, if a company or, and a recruiter working for that company, a source working for that company, wanted to, to get into South Africa, what are the, kind of some of the things that they need to, to know about or think about or just completely unknown about uh, South Africa, what would they start well, with? To be honest, if it's, if it's a, a, someone coming across from Europe and they're going to be working for a South African company, the first thing I'd, I'd chat to them about is, you know, understanding our BEE laws mm. so that they know exactly uh, where they're sitting, what is their level, uh, how do they need to recruit uh, according to those, those levels. Um, that would be a big one. Um, and then also whether they were eligible to work here, you know, if they had mm. the right work visas or, you know, a lot of people are married to South Africans, so yeah. then that makes life a bit easier. But I think it would also just be understanding our climate. I mean, also South Africa is very different because we've got 11 official languages. English is the official language, so we get by by speaking English. But, uh, you know, there's certain, um, should I say, little like nuances between each cultural group. So. Yeah. For example, when you shake hands with an African person, you will be shaking hands differently to if you were shaking hands with a white person, because it's a different kind of handshake, it's a different respect, you know. Should I say in our um, in our Zulu culture, it's it's disrespectful to make eye contact with people. Mm. So you could be sitting in an interview, and if you um, are interviewing someone who's junior, they don't want to make eye contact with you because it's seen as being rude. Which, as a recruiter, you might think, "Jeepers, why is this guy not making eye contact with me? He's like shifty, he's dodgy." Um, so yeah, so there's just these little things which we we need to know, and you know. Even something as simple as like a company who wants to hire graduates, but they need the graduates to have their own transport. Yeah, you know, that's that's just not doable. We don't live in a in, in the kind of society where you finish school and mom and dad hand you a car. You know, it's it's more important to actually go to university and get an education. So yeah. it's all of these little nuances that that go with with South Africa and that they will pick up you know with time while they are here. So awesome. that's those will be the, the the starting points. I would say. Just a few. You're speaking at uh, at Sosu in, in South Africa. What what's your thoughts about what you want to talk about there? 
Well, it's actually quite interesting because it's, it's been like mulling over in the back of my mind. So this is the first time I'm verbalizing it. So because sourcing isn't a role in South Africa, what I'm thinking of doing is doing a presentation as to the value that having a sourcer, either in your internal recruitment team or your agency recruitment team, could add to the team. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just a dedicated person who's going to be doing that. We do maybe have the role that exists in the Sentinel's called a researcher, yeah. but it's quite often a grad and they don't make contact with the person. Um, they literally just find the, the, the candidate and send it to the recruiter. But then it's unfair because the, the way that the payment works is that the sourcer will get half the placement fee and, so, and, and so, so will the recruiter. So the recruiter's not incentivized to use anyone else's candidate but themselves mm. of, what they, of who they have sourced, should I say. So it, it's almost like they're in competition with each other. But you have a dedicated sourcer that is paid a flat salary you know, finding these great candidates and it will be something along those lines to try and get the South African recruitment industry to realize that that sourcing is really important and it's something that every every team needs. It's just someone who can just even, um, it's just about learning, it's just about knowing what the competitors are doing and, and you know, just, just be that knowledgeable person in the team. Finger you know, on the pulse. Dennis from Ukraine as well, who I interviewed yeah. just before SourceCon, he was saying, but it was not until somebody came along, Martin Lee came along and, and did some training in, in Kiev and said, actually, because Dennis had the same thing. Sourcing is a step for me to become a recruiter. And Martin said, actually, sourcing is a specialism. And Absolutely. Like, sources get paid a lot more than recruiters because we are specialized. And we get to nerd into the technical things and, you know, use yeah. other industries, best case practices and find that, like, how can we use that to find people? But it's actually quite interesting because I don't class myself as nerd or a geek or any technical <laughs> in any way. My printer breaks and I go straight to IT and just say, just help. And it's normally just hasn't got paper or some, something like that. But um, all of the tools that I have picked up and learned, there, there was one that I really struggled with and I had no idea. And I tried hard and I watched YouTube videos and that was data miner and nothing mm -hmm. against the product. It's just because it was just so technical and rows yeah. and columns and, I, I don't know, maybe it was late in the afternoon, I needed a glass of wine. I don't know anything about code or anything like that, but what I have also discovered is that there's a lot of tools that are duplicates of each other. Yeah. So so like if I look at um, Amazing Hire and then I saw the another one, I think it was Connectifier, I thought I must go and kind of look at both of them, but they were quite similar and because I'd already looked at Amazing Hire, I kind of you know, took Connectify off my Chrome extension. So I think it's just kind of learning exactly, you know, what what works for you and, and not to overcomplicate things. Cause for me, the big thing is, is it's actually just that phone number or that email address. Yeah. Cause once I have that, it's, it's, it's then sending the message and I don't need 15 different ways to get that information. I just need that info and then I can act on it. It's about like finding the people where they are. And that sometimes means like they might be on LinkedIn, but specifically mm. with, with the people you're doing, they might not be okay. You have Microsoft technologies. They're not necessarily on GitHub, but, yeah. They're, they're going to be other places. There's all the Microsoft discussion groups and, and things yeah. like that. And they're going to be hanging out in Stack Overflow to some extent. Yeah. And just finding out, like, where are these people? And can I search for all, all of those sites in one tool yeah. rather than having to go to 10 different ones? And it's also quite interesting. This is another African nuance is that data is expensive. We also, you know, we don't have as many free Wi-Fi spots as you do get in Europe. I mean, I was amazed walking around Europe that every shop I went by was just like free Wi-Fi. And I was like so excited. Um, and yeah, that's difficult. You know, you can pay a lot of money for your, your monthly cell phone as, as a subscription and all of that. But a lot of people can't afford that. So, so majority of our population is on some kind of a pay as you go. Yeah. Twitter is less data intensive than Facebook. 
yeah. so, or any other social media platform, which is why we run Job Advice on Twitter, because it's a lot easier for, for our targets and, and our guys for us to be able to assist them. Um, and even some of our, our mobile providers now are actually giving them, um, th these guys, like a, a free Twitter access yeah. if, you choose, if you choose their provider. So that's another thing that's important is trying to get hold of people is not always that, that easy. The number of times that, you, so you often will get two phone numbers from South Africans that are, are on the CV and then you phone the other number and you get hold of some like granny or mom who can't speak English at all and you, they can hear and you're asking to speak to John or Peter and they can say, oh, I know, I don't know, I don't know where they are. And, <laughs> and it's like, you normally just know they're not in trouble. I just want to try to <laughs> Yeah, but that's, it's always fun. Meet the yeah. extended family. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's what it used to be as well with cell phones back in the 90s everywhere. But yeah, just now is everybody has one, but it's expensive mm -hmm. everywhere. So, so, so yeah, I mean, South Africa is different, but it, you know, it's, it's always a challenge. And, and, and I really am a big advocate that there's lots of talent in Africa. And I'd really like to see more international companies, you know, hopefully opening up their, their borders. Because the big issue is that the talent is here, but for Africans to get visas to go and work for like companies in Australia or America is very difficult. Yeah. And, and I wish that it wasn't like that because if these guys could go overseas and work for a Google or whoever for five years and then bring that that uh, talent and what they've learned back to Africa, it would really would turn our economy around. And yeah. that, would, that would be amazing. If people want to follow you um, and see what you're doing and, uh, and how the, the community grows in South Africa as well, how can they best do that? So um, probably the easiest way to get hold of me is on my Twitter feed, which is at Van underscore Roth. Uh, I'm probably most active there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pretty much everywhere. I, I have just registered for a website domain, which is www.vanessaroth.com. Work in progress. Friends of mine are developing my website for me in the meantime. Um, and yeah, so, so just wherever, but Twitter would probably be your first bet. Look, thank you very much, Vanessa. Um, thank I you. look, uh, look forward to meeting you again. And I look forward to hearing how so -so, uh, South Africa goes as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Well, I mean, I'll obviously be tweeting, you know, when it, when it is happening and all of those things. And um, yeah, if we have another one, then that's another, you know, country for you to come and see. Oh, absolutely. That's on my, bring the, on my bring bucket the family. list for sure. Get them to come and see some animals and all of those things. Exactly. Thank you, Vanessa. Excellent. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Cheers.